everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, just the, the two musketeers this time. Um, the posse was not able to get all together, so it's just Christopher and I. So lucky you or unlucky you, either way. I mean, if you don't like it. Probably, you know. probably unlucky because I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I have to step it up a little bit. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, all I'm saying is that you got to do what you usually do, and then hopefully that it's it's adequate enough because I am boring and not nearly as intellectual. So here we go. Oh boy, it's a lot of pressure. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this uh, this past weekend was uh, a couple of holidays rolled into one. So we had um, Good Friday come, and then we had uh, Passover, obviously, and then on Sunday was Easter. So I, I don't know if you guys do all that shit. That's great. I, I'm there for the food, obviously. That's my primary motivation for just about anything. So um, I hope you had a good time. Zombie Jesus rises. Hey, praise the chocolate egg, buddy. I mean, that's what, right. that's what's most important. Right, it's all about that. <laughs> Especially yeah. if it's got peanut butter in it, then you can really praise that shit. Well, that's the problem here. The problem here is that we, if you think about it, the next holiday where there's going to be a speciality, Reese Peanut Butter Cup is not until October. Yeah. You know, there isn't like a Labor Day Reese Peanut Butter Cup in the shape of like a hammer or hammer something. Hammer and sickle. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should submit that Enjoy idea. Enjoy Reese's comrade. <laughs> <laughs> What's it filled with? Despair. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's filled with borscht. <laughs> oh, Outside man. Outside is not chocolate. It is dirt. <laughs> That's right. It's airsatz chocolate. You have to use your imagination. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, man. The we don't get it. is receipt. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then get back to work. It's only a five-minute break, comrades. Um but yeah, that's the next one is like we got to wait all the way till October. And that that one's a little bit strange because like I, I've, I don't know if I've said it before. I'm sure I have had. I have. I like to eat the um, the perimeter so that way I can peel off the top layer and eat the chocolate. And then the, the peanut butter is the overpowering thing when you just have the bottom of it, the bottom chocolate layer. So that's that's my style. So like the, the, the egg is the easiest one, right? It's just round. It's just round and it's simple. The Christmas tree's tricky, and so is the um, the pumpkin. So that's a little bit more difficult. But um, I came across this. I wanted to see <laughs> what you thought about this. Are you aware that that's? I guess on the internet in certain circles, people think that the like it's propaganda from the from the Old Testament that the Jews were never really slaves in Egypt. Yeah. You've you've heard that before? I, I yep, I've heard it. Right. Okay, I'm a little bit surprised, so I did a little, a slight bit of digging here. All right, so here's what says: clues to Israelite presence in Egypt. Conclusively, Semitic slaves were there. However, critiques argue that there's no archaeological evidence of Semitic tribes worshiping Yahweh in Egypt because of the muddy conditions of the East Delta. No matter. Oh, excuse me, no um, papyrus has survived, but those that did may provide further clues in the search for lost Israelites. So 
The, the papyrus of Anastasia the sixth from 3,200 years ago describes how Egyptian authorities allowed a group of Semitic nomads from Edom who worshipped Yahweh to pass border fortress in the region of Wadi Tumalat, Tumilat, forgive the pronunciation, not my area of expertise, and proceed with their livestock to the lake, lakes of Pithom. So, like, I guess because of how fertile the Nile River and the surrounding areas when obviously when it was flooded, when there was drought and when there was like, you know, famine, you'd have more people moving into the area naturally because, you know, of how fertile it is, right? So that's why you would have all these folks come from all these different directions. Shortly afterwards, the Israelites entered world history with the Marin, Marin Fatistil, I might be mispronouncing that, which bears the first mention of an entity called Israel in Canaan. Robustly dated at 1210 BCE, i.e., as of this writing, 3,226 years ago. It's a pretty impressive stone. These Yahweh worshippers were in ancient Egypt as well. Uh, well after the Exodus is supposed to have happened, members of the Yahweh cult may have existed there earlier, but there's no solid evidence for that. However, there are indications. So, I wasn't aware that there was any kind of, like, this is new to me, right? I had no idea that this was a hot topic of discussion. Like, you know, if there were actual slaves, like Hebrew slaves. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just thought that people, like, I don't know, maybe it was accepted. That's, that's on me. I should have thought of that, but I never did. So, uh, happy Passover. Uh, enjoy it. Like, you know, maybe your ancestors, no, nobody, nobody might have even suffered. Uh, how about that? I, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but, um... There's, there's a lot of fairness to the idea that papyrus obviously is going to deteriorate in that kind of climate. And you're not going to have a historical record that, you know, isn't, let's say, chiseled in the stone, right? So um, that's that was pretty exciting. I was my first, I saw it on Twitter, of course, I saw it on Twitter, something that's not the greatest take in, in history, I guess you could say. So here's a good one. And this is courtesy of a listener and a member of the Use Guys family, Ray. She's been on the show before. So this is from the Moscow Times, independent news from Russia. This is great. <laughs> this is great because the, uh, the, the, the domino effect that this starts is going to be very interesting. So Google Maps has removed the blurring for Russia's military sites. This is great. So as you can see, and you know what, man? So for those of you that are doing the video, um, you're, it's your lucky day. I'll show you guys. Uh, for those of you doing audio, it'll be in the show notes. Nobody ever checks them, so I'm not really that worried about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look at this. <clears throat> like, look at this. Russian Navy heavy nuclear-powered missile cruiser, Peter the Great. So, like, here's this, I guess, would normally, like, not be available. And now Google's like, well, it's available now. So <laughs> there's part of their fleet. How exciting. I wonder what's going to happen next. Um... But we'll get into that. So there's this, for those of you that are doing the audio version only, there's a photograph from space of uh, one, two, three, four, five, about seven ships of the Russian Navy that are now no longer, uh, that they're visible to everybody. So, you know, for those of you that have been waiting so long to see what the Russian fleet looks like in port, here's your there's, opportunity. There's three quarters of it right there. There's three. <laughs> <laughs> three quarters of it that's good that's good uh and that's who knows if they even have the gas to get them off uh to get them out of port so we'll we'll, we'll see right. uh, we'll see 
So this is this is what it says. So Google Maps made Russia's strategic facilities visible to users Monday, revealing the details of the country's military infrastructure. I wonder what's going to happen as a result of this. And I said this to Ray, and I'll say it to you guys. Could you imagine if they did this to the American Navy? Could you imagine it happening? Because I can imagine what would be the consequences of something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this sets a precedent, in my in my opinion, of what potentially could happen in the future. You know what I mean? Like, and here's the thing: like, if you go back to like 2003, the Iraq invasion, part two. Uh, could you imagine if like Google Earth just released like troop placements for like the United States Army or whatever, like where the Rangers were ahead of everybody else or something like that? I mean, I, I people would be in Guantanamo Bay like yesterday. If that were to happen. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm wondering what direction this is going to go. So perhaps on the next misadventure that this stupid government gets us into, maybe Google. Well, I don't know. Do you think do you think that Google was either pressured or approached and said, hey, you know, maybe there was a deal that was like, hey, listen, why don't you? Because, I mean, what's the incentive behind them doing this? Is it to give it to the Ukraine so that the, they could say, OK, well, we, the world sees it, what you do with it. Is kind of on you, but right, if you're Ukraine, right. wink, wink. yeah, wink and a nod. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're Ukraine, this is priceless information. You know what I mean? Because they just took out their Black Sea flagship <laughs> that sunk in a storm. That was great. It was a terrible storm, and they got pictures of it, like <laughs> like the water is placid. There's like a lake out there, and this fucking ship is listing. Oh, it's great. So anyway, I'll continue on. So this is um, searches on Google Maps showed newly accessible images of military bases, intercontinental ballistic missile launch pads, naval facilities, and key com- uh, command posts across all Russia. Now everyone can see Russian military infrastructure with a resolution of about 0.5 meters per pixel tweeted Ukrainian armed forces. There we go. Some of the newly uh, uh, available images include Admiral Kuznetsov aircraft carrier and nuclear weapons store near Murmansk, submarines in the Far East Peninsula of Kamchatka, and a military air base in western city of Kursk, just 150 miles from the Russian-Ukrainian border. The move comes amid strains between Russia and U.S. tech giant Google. Google banned advertisements for Russian users following the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine, and Russian officials have used, or excuse me, accused Google-owned YouTube for stirring an information war after the video hosting platform blocked Russian state media. Satellite images of military facilities are traditionally blurred or displayed in lower quality by Google Maps to protect their classified status. So like I said, um, I wonder what um, I wonder what will come of this. Uh, who knows? Um, I, I don't see anything good happening for the Russians just based on what's transpired thus far. But again, you know, you could get a really negative reaction out of this by Russian state actors or who knows what. I mean, again, if you put the shoe on the other foot and said, you know, hey, you know, how would the U.S., uh, the, the state here, uh, how would they feel about it if the shoe was on the other foot? I said, well, you know what, now it's a possibility in the future because I'm sure the Russians have their own satellite imagery. I'm sure that there are other actors that have access to that information that, you know, potentially could release it. Who knows? I mean, again, this is... I, I just don't know if there's anything else comparable 
necessarily to what Google has, especially in terms of like mm-hmm. sheer amount of data for a tech company, I guess you could say, you know, right aside on. from like, aside from, uh, you know, the NSA and, and all that other shit and their mass collection of, uh, you know, data of Americans. But I think this also kind of highlights like, like how closely intertwined, intertwined is, you know, big tech companies like Google with the state. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's like, point. I think the, imp- I think the implication of that is, uh, scary <laughs> to say the least um agree you, you know if if anybody has any doubt in their minds that these are uh you know independent companies you know think again like why mm-hmm. else you know like you said what else would have been their motivation for revealing these sites uh other than i mean coercion from the government but mm-hmm. is it really coercion or is it cooperation you know, based on, I think it would be the latter, 100%. Right. You know right. what I mean? I don't even think there needs to be a coercive element. I think it's just hand in glove at this point. Right, right. They're almost one and the same. Yeah, I mean, it's truly corporatist at this point. You know what I mean? Which is the same. I mean, it's the same thing as fascism. So, I mean, one of, we one are. Of the many, one of the many heads of the Hydra. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And um, one of the things that we, um, I wasn't aware of, and now I know, of course, there'll be some people like, well, yeah, Jay, I knew about this, like, when this first started because I'm smarter than everybody. That's great. I'm glad that you do. Clearly, I mean, if, you, if you're that ahead of the game, then you probably don't even need to be listening to the show. Right. Um, if you're that far ahead of the game, and make your own fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So this is, this is actually quite troubling because we've talked about things like this in the past on this show because we're pretty passionate about it. Uh, it's really bad stuff. So... Because of this war, the Ukrainian refugees now face the threat of human trafficking at borders. I mean, it's, I was, <laughs> I, that's not something I thought of when this first kicked off. Now, maybe that's because of my own ignorance, which is entirely possible. It's just not something that you would think, but predators do what predators do, you know, and it's, um, it's a very real thing right now. So this is what it says. Ukrainian women and children who have fled their war-torn homes to neighboring countries face an entirely different growing threat. Human sex traffickers looking to prey on destitute refugees. Multiple refugees have reported being extorted for safe passage into Western Europe. Others have been propositioned for babies to adopt, while women face sexual predators and kidnappers, the Times of London reported. The way I see it, this is a war on women and children, anti-trafficking advisor Tatiana Kotlyarenko told the Times. And we may be sent we and we may be sending them from one hell to another. That's a great way to put it. She added, who is set to testify before the United States Senate Committee on Foreign Relations this week. More than four million people have fled Ukraine since the war began five weeks ago, according to the United Nations latest estimates. The vast majority of those who fled are women and children, partly due to the Ukrainian government's ban on all military-age men from leaving the country. The invasion has sparked the latest, ref- the largest, excuse me, refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. The situation is a toxic cocktail of risk, according to Val Ritchie, a representative for combating human trafficking at the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. According to the Times. In the days after war broke out, there was a surge in online searches for Ukrainian women and sex, large enough that security agencies were alerted. 
uh, Agaje Levin, a sec- secretary general at Missing Children Europe, said that Europe's le- in the last refugee crisis in 2015, at least 10,000 children went missing. 10,000. Today, the number of refugees is likely far greater with fewer security checks because the European Union has offered visa-free movement in Europe for Ukrainians. This level of chaos and mass of people is a huge opportunity for traffickers to get in touch far faster than governments will take measures. She said, well, I mean, yeah, the government's not that interested in, in the health and welfare of these people. One volunteer at the border told the time she received a phone call ordering, quote, Ordering, quote, a female Ukrainian and a 12-year-old boy. While others says they were asking for babies to adopt. Sure, adopt. Yeah, indeed. In another incident, two attractive young women and a small child, tired and exhausted from their journey to the Polish border, met a man who claimed to be a Danish doctor and offered them a free ride. The man claims to be so moved by their stories he'd heard of the war that he had driven a thousand miles from Copenhagen to rescue people, according to the Times. The women quickly realized they had made a mistake and the ride was not free, the Times said. When he pulled in to charge his car at a spa hotel in the uh, in the Polish town of Rezau, I don't know how to pronounce that, you have to forgive me, Polish listeners, they were terrified and begged the spa manager for help when their captor went to get coffee. I could see something was wrong, Tomas uh, Filipek told the paper. The man looked more like a gangster than a doctor and the girls were scared. Let me say something real quick. If you guys, if there's ever an opportunity to help somebody, I think that, you know, if you can, you should. But more importantly, if there's an opportunity to stop some scumbag from hurting someone and you can see it and do something about it, for Christ's sake, man, can you imagine trying to get out of the way of the fucking 21st century Red Army who's destroying your home, who's making you leave, essentially, so that way you don't, you know, get shelled or you know, killed by the air or whatever the fuck it is, or, you know, raped and murdered by the, by the red army. And here you're leaving. And the next thing you know, some fucking guy, there's essentially just waiting for you. And again, I understand that predators are going to do what predators are going to do. That's what that's, I mean, this is the nature of what, what they are as less than human, as far as I'm concerned, but it just boggles my mind that, you know, you you talk like literally the, the lady said, going from one hell to another, you know what I mean? Fleeing war, and then the next thing you know, you're potentially going to get trafficked. They're looking for 12-year-old boys. 12-year-old boys, huh? Like, I mean, what is this organization run by the Catholic Church now? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, this is, it's just horrible, man. And it's it just, that's why the misanthrope side of me comes out when I see shit like this. Because I'm like, you know what, man? We really are fucking doomed. We really are doomed. Because this is terrible. Like, I mean... <laughs> Fleeing a war and you're trying to, you know, fuck people, literally, you know what I mean? Or profit from selling them into some organization where somebody else is going to fuck said people. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's no good, guys. You know, until until that seedy underbelly gets exposed, you know, it's like you said, it's kind of hard to have hope for humanity. Uh, Truly, yep. When when there's people that really do, like I don't I don't know it's just it's one of those things that gets hard for me to imagine just because like what kind of what kind of people do that shit you know evil people you know is the answer but like mm-hmm. I don't know I guess I guess I'm just not evil man like I can't wrap my mind around 
wanting to be involved in doing that kind of shit, regardless of how much money you're getting offered. Like that's disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's beyond anything. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Feet first. I mean, you gotta go. Sorry. We don't have time for this shit. And you know, it's, like I said, man, it puts me into a hole that's hard to climb out of, and I know that uh, the rest of us feel the same way. Um, simply because it's just, again, in, like when I've said it before, and I know that you know we've talked about it on the show before, and I, you and I have talked about it, you know, personally, in person rather. The reason why we can't understand is because we're not like those people. You know what I mean? Because like, there's always the constant. Jeez, you know, I just can't get it. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, yeah, there's a reason why you don't fucking understand. It's because you're not that kind of person. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, you know, when... The other question is, too, is, like, there's only one way to stop this. And, like, and I understand that because of the flood of individuals that are fleeing from this conflict and the, you know, the sheer numbers of humanity that are moving, but at the same time... Maybe one of the things is to like, you know, give again, I know that people are not, you know, maybe our international listeners won't understand it so much, but like give some, I don't know, organize somebody and give and give them some fucking guns and say, hey, listen, this is the corridor that people are fleeing from. If you see anybody getting picked up, investigate. And if you see anybody trying to fucking uh, steal somebody away, men, women, children, but especially the the, the kids and, and the young women, anybody, anybody really. Uh, you know, these helpless people who are just trying to get out of the way. I mean, fucking shoot them. Like, th- that's it. Time to go. Time to go. It drives me crazy because, you know, it goes to show you when when the chips are down and when something like this clearly isn't very well planned for, when I understand why it wouldn't be well planned for, but, like, the state is completely helpless when it comes to defending individuals like... I, the Ukrainian government is supposed to be responsible for the safety of these people, right? Okay, well now they're 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 focused on maintaining their existence in the face of an invasion from a much larger neighbor. Okay, great, but at the same time, I I don't know. The European Union seems to be far more organized, I guess you could say. So, the countries they're fleeing into, Slovakia, Hungary, Poland, especially. That's European Union territory, so can you guys get over there and make sure that uh, these fuckers aren't, like, scooping up humans to get sold into the sex trade? Or I heard that, well, I, I didn't hear, I, I saw that um, not that they're, they're getting kids, specifically like Albanian organized crime, is trying to get children to do organ harvesting. Organ harvesting <coughs> of, of, of children. I mean, this is the kind of reality that we're living in. So, like I said, I don't know. It would be nice if somebody did some fucking organizing. You know, you're not, you know, I know we can't find a dick with two hands with these organizations. I understand that. But you could try a little. Just a little. But anyway, I digress. So, that's um, <laughs> your your misanthropic uh, news. Oh, there will be more. Don't get me wrong. I have more. I bring you more of the same. I will be delivering there's even more bad news. far more sadness and despair to come. <laughs> Revel in the delight. <laughs> That's what we're known for here. You, you, if you're looking for hope, you're you're at the wrong place. I, I don't bring you hope. Maybe in small little doses, like little increments. All, all hope abandoned, ye who enter here. That's right. Ye who enter this podcast. <laughs> so... Um, but there is some good news. Uh, it's a great, uh, I'm going to show you that for those of you, once again, who are doing the um, audio, it'll be in the show notes. So this is a really radical, very cool picture. I'm going to show you this one right here. So this is from, these people are not friends of the show. 
as you well know, libcom.org. This is definitely not a friend of the used guys in that podcast. I wouldn't. They'd be welcome to come on if they ever wanted to chat, but I don't think they would be interested. But Ukrainian anarchists take part in relief to population uh, to population of the massacred in Kiev suburbs. So the quote here. So for those of you that can't see, the picture is you got a bunch of uh, ancoms, and they we know that they're ancoms because the quote says we are anarcho-communists because we believe in social justice, but now the priority is to save the civilian population. That's the quote. I can't argue with these people. You know, these people are actually out there doing good. And I also find it funny that the so-called Nazi government of Ukraine with their Jew president uh, and the Azov battalion has at the same time these guys, these ANCOMs are fighting on the same side. It's just a weird, weird world that we're in right now. So... They're holding up this for those, again, Once uh, for those of you who are doing the audio-only version of this, it is a group of anarchists with AKs. Uh, some of the faces are blurred out, but they're holding the uh, the black and red flag uh, proudly, which I think is pretty fucking cool, man. I don't care, you know, what side of the economics. That we're on. This is That's not even a discussion that needs to be had, especially in the circumstance they find themselves. And you know what I mean? Like, these they're actually trying to do some good work. So let's dig into... Uh, Let's go ahead and dig into this one. Again, this will be in the show notes for those of you who are interested. So Black Flag is an anarchist group mostly from Western Ukraine, well-known since the early early 2016 for their involvement in social conflicts, street fights against the Nazis, protection of Lviv public spaces, and development of horizontal cooperative community. In the first days of the genocidal invasion, they established an own platoon in the territorial defense of Kiev. For all details and questions, you're welcome to uh, to go to their channel, and there's a, a hyperlink in there. And please support their digital media via this page, another hyperlink. So long before the war, left-wing activists in Lviv worked, in, worked on the Food is Right initiative. Today, due to aggression of Russian imperialists against Ukraine, food has become even less available, especially in the occupied or frontline territories. Therefore, we left-wing activists who are in the ranks of the armed forces are proud to report that our comrades continue to support the initiative in Lviv, which was hit by rockets today, and they killed seven people in Lviv. So it's the first time the city actually got hit directly. And our unit is engaged in food distribution in the liberated villages and towns of the Kiev region. We understand that we will have a lot of work to do, both during the war and after the victory because it is impossible to watch without pain in our hearts as people in Irpin, Buka, and Gostomel start crying when they see bread. That's why we are strengthening the, race, uh, the ranks. Solidarity is first of all. And they have pictures. Again, I'll share this uh, for those of you that are doing the video portion. It's, a, it's actually quite moving. It's, it's moving stuff, man. So like here you got they're distributing food to hungry people because obviously all of these supply lines have been severed or they don't exist at all for a lot of these people. And, you know, once again, here are these anarchists who are doing everything that they can to try to help people, to feed them, uh, to make sure, you know, to do everything that they possibly can to help out folks. Now this, look at this picture right here for those of you, this fucking, <laughs> uh, machine gun literally looks like something out of world war one. I mean, it looks like a Maxim machine gun where, like, you had the water to put in the barrel to keep it cool. And they just, like, seem to, like, you know, paint part of it. They're like, we're going to we're gonna make it look cool. Make it, you know, put a little camo, like, olive green on here. 
but yeah, I mean, it's just, these people are just using what they have and trying to help people out. And here's one of the anarchists with, uh, with a, um, with an anarchist patch. I don't read Ukrainians. So I have no fucking idea what it says. So it must say like, Hey, go fuck yourself. We're cool or something like that. Like, Hey, I'm an anarchist. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rough right. translation. That Yes. But an accurate one. So, yeah, here's the group, and then it says, We live in a country with millions of poor people suffering from neoliberal policies, privatization of healthcare reforms. We are anarcho-communists because we believe in social justice, but now the priority is to save the civilian population. In addition to those who fight at the front, many more anarcho-communists who dedicate themselves to support tasks such as distributing food to, displaced, uh, to the displaced due to war and homeless people who are already in this situation before the invasion and for whom... We continue to find in parks of cities such as Kiev, Lviv, uh, Dnipro, and uh, Zaporozhye. I, forgive me if I, I don't pronounce it correctly. Thanks to fellow socialists and anarchists in Russia who are fighting against the Putin regime, who go out to anti-war protests for what they are arrested and imprisoned, and thanks for the support uh, and for the uh, the fight for freedom in some Ukrainian battalions. Truth wins, and so and so Ukraine will win. Several days ago, as we see in the last photo, comrades saved an abandoned peacock from being eaten by a stray dog in Gostomel. That's how tough things have gotten. Peacocks are now on the menu. He was taken into reliable hands of the um, Mejiria, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, Swan Rescue Center. Places of max, mass execution, torture, and burials were found in this town, too, not only in Bucha. Uh, is that how you pronounce it, Bucha or Bucha? Either way, uh, bad things are happening there. At last, we highly recommend that you read this winter historical investigation, How Libert uh, Libertarian Rebels Return to Kharkov, the first capital of the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic more than a century ago. And additionally, see our interview with a worker of the Black Flag Vegan Cafe about sustainable growth of their cooperative network despite corona pandemic and lockdown. Long live anarchy. We agree with that. Um, but, you know, man, again, these are people who are doing, they really are doing what they can, and they're trying to help people, and they're trying, it's mutual aid in action, and I think that it's wonderful that somebody cares enough to help their neighbors and those who are in need and to fight uh, the fight the Red Army because uh, they, you know, it's invading their, you know, to, you know, invading their homes. I get it. Like, there was a, we'll leave some names out of it, but there was a big discussion in the group chat amongst some of us, um, once again on Twitter, going back and forth. And the question is, do U.S. arms and the distribution of arms prolong the war in Ukraine and, you know, stop it from leading to its inevitable conclusion? There's a lot of truth to that. Yes, I think that that is the case. I don't think Ukraine holds out as long as it's been holding out to this point. Remember, even the legacy media felt that within three days, the, the Kiev would fall and the war would be over. You'd have a puppet regime in there. And I'm not saying that the Ukrainians wouldn't have fought like hell to keep their their country or their land or whatever out of Russian hands. I mean, you, you'd probably be looking at a really long guerrilla war situation, probably more akin to what we saw, you know, in Afghanistan um, for the last 20 fucking years. And, of course, for the entire duration of the uh, Soviet occupation of Afghanistan in the, uh, in the 1980s. But, um, you know, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of consternation over what the right uh, the right path would be. 
the right path, in my opinion, is this. If you want to get involved, you should get involved. If you want to go over there, they're still accept. Those of you who've got the sack, go over there. They'll accept you right now, and they'll let you into their foreign battalion or whatever the fuck it is. If you want to donate money, donate money. But don't expect this, because once the, the, the U.S. government's been involved since, I think, at least since 2014. At least. You know what I mean? So. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama. Is it is it right for the state to get involved? And, and you know, be, well, I mean, first of all, there's money to be made. Let's face it, because weapons manufacturers and the banks are the ones that always profit when war kicks off. And it's the poor folk that always have to get the butcher's bill, as Christopher and I have discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, if you feel really passionately about passionately about going over there and doing something, I think that you should. And if you want to donate, you should. But you shouldn't expect other people to do do it, and you shouldn't expect your fucking neighbors to pay for it. I don't think that that's a radical position to adopt. You know what I mean? So I mean, not in the slightest. And I mean, like. How many things in the past 60 years has the U.S. government gotten involved in that had a positive outcome? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, zero. Zero. Say, name one. <laughs> name one. <laughs> it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. So, again, like, and I try to stay out of this shit because, I mean, like, I, I feel terribly for the people. Again, we talked about it when this all kicked off. My, I'm always going to be on the side of the individual fighting for their home, period, no matter where they are. You know what I mean? That's your home. That's where you belong. These fuckers don't belong there. I get that. But there are people, you know, your neighbors potentially, who would be more than happy to send your kids to go over there and fight or are okay with your kids suffering from uh, radiation poisoning because there's a nuclear exchange because they think they can win. The chicken hawk behavior is what I find reprehensible. You're okay yeah. with somebody else doing it, but you yourself are going to do nothing and just sit there and do the armchair general bullshit. <laughs> that doesn't fly with me. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't fly with anybody. Like, that's not that's not a difficult position. You know what I mean? So I guess that's my biggest frustration is the chicken hawk behavior. You know, it's okay for you to, yeah. it's okay it's... for me to send my neighbor's kid over there, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going anywhere. You know what I mean? I... What, what do we always say on this on this show, Christopher and I? I mean, you have to have um, the courage of your convictions. That's the bottom line. If you have, main, you know, show us the courage of your convictions. Go over there and do something about it. Otherwise, don't involve other people. It's just like I got into an argument. Well, it wasn't much of an argument because she stopped. Some stupid bitch. And this is where I try to stay off Twitter because then it becomes an obsession. I got into a discussion with some stupid. Uh, she called me a rando. But she was a rando as well just happened to have more followers than me talking about guns and i was like you know show us the courage your conviction and go door to door you know because there's nothing stopping these people from doing it and then she said okay twitter okay twitter rando i'll get right on it and i was like glad for it that's what i said i'm glad for it good i can't wait you can and then that was the end of the discussion because there's nowhere to go from there. Like, if you really believe in these things, like, if you believe in, if you want to go fight the Russians, there's nothing stopping you from going over there right now. You can get over there. They'll take anybody right now, I'm pretty sure. They take Nazis. The Nazis are fighting them in Mariupol or whatever, so they'll take you. I'm sure they'll take you. 
but just don't send other people on your behalf. And don't advocate for things that you yourself would never do. You know what I mean? That's, it's, I, I don't understand why it's, it shouldn't be that controversial, but yet here we are having discussions like this with people, and I'll never understand that. Never understand it. So it's a point of frustration for me, and I'm sure that's a point of frustration for Christopher and you know the rest uh, of the game. Yeah, it's the the chicken shittery, man. Like it's <laughs> people love the idea of uh, you know taking guns away and and regulating guns, but like you said, if, if it were up to them to do it themselves and go door to door, they they would be, you know, they would never happen. You know, they 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 want to they want to wield the, the authority of the state, take your guns away. Yeah, they want it, they, but they're okay also behind, you know, the best part about it is they're anti-gun just for certain people like you and I, let's say. Right, right. People yeah. they disagree with. That's right. Now, if you have a, a costume, and again, if some fuck gives you the authority to go do it, and you have, you used money extorted from the people you're going to take the guns from, and you have much better equipment on the backs of the people who paid for it, that's okay. Because that's legitimate. You, the individual, you're the illegitimate actor in that. And it's just, again, it's the hypocrisy that bothers me. Like, again, if you, you, there's nothing to stop you from going door to door right now and saying, turn them in. Now, don't be surprised when somebody politely tells you to go have intercourse with yourself and to get off their porch. They're probably not going to be interested. You know go what I mean? Have, go have intercourse with yourself. <laughs> I'm trying to Like be I nice. say to you, sir, go have intercourse with oneself. <laughs> Remove thyself from my porch. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do, man? Like, that's, uh, they, they, I'm just trying to be polite here about it. I mean, there's only times, I mean, how many times am I going to tell somebody to go fuck themselves? You know what I mean? So, but yes, uh, thou can have intercourse with thyself and remove thyself from my property. <laughs> from my property. Yeah. Please and thank you. Um, so back to bad news. Um, <laughs> not good. So China, kind of a well, we don't forget about them, let's say, but um, they haven't been, you know, in the spotlight so much. So uh, this is from Taipei, Taiwan, also known as Republic of China or China East or whatever. The, I see so many different fucking memes for what they call it, like legitimate China, whatever. Uh, China said its military sta uh, stage exercises to reinforce its threat to use force to bring Taiwan under its control as U.S. lawmakers visiting Taiwan made a pointed and public declaration of their support for the self-governing island democracy while issuing a warning to China. The six lawmakers met with Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen on Friday morning and were also scheduled to meet with the island's defense minister. The military drills conducted by the People's Liberation Army Eastern Theater Command in areas opposite Taiwan were a countermeasure to, to the recent negative actions of the U.S., including the visit of a delegation of lawmakers to Taiwan. Chinese Foreign Minister spokesperson Zhao Lijian, Lijian either way, China would continue to take strong measures to resolutely safeguard its sovereignty and territorial integrity, Zhao said. China is against any official exchanges between Taiwan's government and other foreign governments because it claims Taiwan is part of its national territory 
and not an independent country. Taiwan and China split after Civil War in 1949. The Eastern Theater Command describes the exercises in a statement as a necessary action based on the present security situation, situation, excuse me, in the Taiwan Strait and the need to safeguard national sovereignty. Taiwan is a sacred and alienable uh, part of Chinese territory. There is no room for any foreign interference on the Taiwan issue, the statement said. Yeah, and then the U.S. government yells at China when they play with Russia and, you know, help them. We're like, hey, God damn it, don't you help them out. And then here these fuckers come over there and stir the pot and visit Taiwan. And they're like, what? what what's the problem here? What? Why are you right. mad, bro? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Why are you mad, bro? Yeah, <laughs> bro. I'm not touching Come you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop it already. Um, so, yeah, that's great. As a part of the delegation of visiting U.S. lawmakers, Senator Robert Menendez of New Jersey, by the way, he is a tall stack of shit, Robert Menendez. He is a real corrupt bastard. I mean, he is from New Jersey, which already is negative 25 points straight away. Okay. The senator, the good senator from New, the honorable senator from New Jersey, you can strike honorable from his title. He's just Bob Menendez of New Jersey. Well, he gave a speech on Friday praising Taiwan's democracy. Wait a sec. Bob Menendez will be happy with shipping arms to Taiwan, but if you have a 30-round mag in fucking New Jersey, that's a problem. That's a problem. See what I mean here, man? Like, it's just, just no winning with these fuckers. It, it drives me crazy. Uh, praising Taiwan's democracy and its global status as a manufacturer of semiconductor chips used in everything from cars to smartphones and warned of consequences if that status was jeopardized. It is a country of global significance, of global consequence, of global impact, and therefore it should be understood the security of Taiwan has a global impact for those who wish it ill, said Menendez, the head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, in a speech at Taiwan's presidential office. He emphasized that we seek no conflict with China, as I believe Taiwan seeks no conflict with China. The delegation led by Senator Lindsey Graham, another fucking winner, also includes Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, Senator Robert Portman of Ohio. See, Bob Portman's retiring, but he still found time to use the taxpayers' money to go out to fucking Taiwan. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, Thanks. Have yeah. you seen our roads yet? My roads. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Bob. I have three different routes on my way home from work, and every single fucking one of them are under construction, you cock. <laughs> <laughs> He's from you know, Cincinnati. Rhodes, the apex of fucking society. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, fuck your Rhodes. Christopher, make sure you get to work, though, okay, pal? We need that tax <laughs> revenue. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bobby Bobby Portman had time to go to Taiwan, but um, if you've driven down any stretch of 77 between Cleveland and, let's say, no, no, not even Cleveland. Let's say, um, I don't know, north of Akron a little bit, all the way past uh, Canton South. And you're going to have a fucking problem on your hands. That was mm -hmm. crazy. I had to, we, uh, my wife and I visited Christopher a couple of weeks ago. And the, the, to go back north towards Akron, they put you like, you had to go past like, um, like, uh, the old, um, what was it? Um, uh, the old, the, uh, Detroit diesel plant that's there in downtown, like, like by Cherry yeah, Street if, if and all that. Wanna, yeah. That they had, I, I forgot to mention that to you guys. If you were going to, you can totally bypass that. If you like when you're going up 800 through Canton South, 
Mm. That first stoplight that you get to in Canton South is at Faircrest. Okay. And if you hang a left there, there's an entrance onto 77 that allows you to bypass that stupid fucking loop. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Like, it, like you, you go down like a stretch where it's one lane with like the like the cement medians on either side, but you completely bypass that loop and it's a much quicker journey. And like you guys had left later on in the evening, so traffic wouldn't have been bad regardless. But yeah, that's stupid because you actually like you get on 77 and then they make you get on 30 Mm -hmm. and then you take 30 and do that stupid fucking loop (laughs) and then get back on 30 (laughs) so so that you can get... (laughs) get on 77 north i was totally confused buddy like i was that's okay because i like they pushed this off to the side and i'm like where the fuck i said i'm on 30 now like where where the fuck am i gonna go and then they they take you off the highway and then you have to get back on the motherfucking highway and then you get to go north i'm like this is retarded like why is this happening right now yeah Yeah, it's that whole loop right there is just fucking stupid so yeah, man. Like, I learned to avoid it. And, and and that's a wise decision. But Bob Portman, you know, he don't have time to help you. Well, he's no. a U.S. senator. You got to talk to your local representative. Yes, that will help. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. What was I thinking? Call your local representative and complain about the uh, – let me tell you something. I, I worked for a welding supply company in 2001 in Akron. So, like, the big cylinders of, like – acetylene and oxygen and argon and all these big cylinders that these you know construction firms use like um kenmore construction for example who has like i don't know i forget like a couple like a billion dollar contract with the state of ohio well they were widening 77 between uh akron and canton to three lanes at the time this is 21 years ago that highway has been under construction for longer than that Okay. Perpetually. It's yeah. perpetual construction. hundred percent. I don't know if they're trying to get seventy seven from the lake. That's Erie, by the way, for those of you that are not familiar. Lake Erie, all the way down to Marietta to make it three lanes. I don't know I don't know what it is, but they've been working on it. I know they've been doing the same thing with seventy one from Cincinnati all the way through Cleveland. But we've been living through constant construction on seventy seven. For time immemorial. Like, I mean, it's it's out of control. Absolutely out of control. And for those of you that live in, in, in Akronistan, you know all the fucking about it. Because that entire area, Route 8, the central fucking interchange, 76 west, 76 east, it is a fucking nightmare. An absolute fucking nightmare. It's terrible. Like, I mean, it's Dog so shit. poorly planned. Like, I... We are in the wrong business. If we started bullshitting right. and got onto these like committees or firm, we can make a mint and be terrible at our job, and it wouldn't matter. Obviously, I get really frustrated. We the traffic, have been like civil engineers or something, man. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it's like being a funeral director. You're always going to have business, right? I mean, right, the right. roads are always going to be under construction in Ohio. There's your job for you. So. Well, that's yeah. the thing, like, that, that section right there in 77 and 30, like, where it's closed down now. So it was closed for, like, a year and a half for construction, mm-hmm. and then they opened it, and then they opened it, and it wasn't even a year later that they closed it down for three years. <laughs> oh, my God. 
doing construction in the same. Like, why didn't you do this all in one fell swoop, you fucking cocks? <laughs> <laughs> For real. For real, man. I, that I don't understand at all. I honestly don't understand. I don't know why they do what they do, but, um, you know, here we are. Unfortunately, we have to put up with this bullshit. It's yet again the common people who, you know, are, you know, are going to be mm -hmm. bearing the brunt of everybody else's stupidity. While our senators take trips to Taiwan. I hope the food's good, Bob. I really hope you enjoyed yourself. You fuck, you're retiring. That's why even YouTube is inundated with ads of people running for your fucking seat. You know, man, he if he would have just stayed, because it's like, you know, I think the wine... get fucking dysentery from eating whatever you <laughs> ate over there. <laughs> he gets diarrhea on the flight back, you fuck. Ooh, I hope, yeah, that's yeah. a long ride, Robert. That's a long ride. That's a ride. long ride to have some poopy slacks on, bro. <laughs> he deserves it. Right. Um, I mean, is he as bad as Sherrod Brown? Well, yeah, I think so, just based on this. I mean, Sherrod didn't make the trip over there. That was nice of him. Sherrod Brown is working hard for the common man in Washington, D.C. I'm sure that's what Sherrod Brown would tell you. Him and Tim Ryan were probably fucking somewhere in a porta potty on the outskirts of the city. That's right. probably what was happening. Getting sweaty and plowing each other in their bussies. <laughs> oh, what a terrible picture. Um, that, is, that is a terrible picture, man. That is. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no good. So. Uh, like, yeah, yeah we're, we're down here in D.C., fucking Ohio, while we're fucking each other. Oh, it's so hot. It's so hot. Yeah, let me let me snore a line of coke off your cock there, Sherrod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um... Give me another dick dinger, baby. <laughs> dick dinger. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's good. That's, uh, you know, if that was happening, I think I'd be less mad. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, now I understand. You know what I mean? Right? They're just having gay sex and snorting coke, you know? It's all good. Have a ball. I don't want to pay for it, but, you know, at least. Right. Dude, can you imagine the trip to Taiwan for a U.S. senator? How much that costs per senator? You know what I mean? A ridiculous amount, because anytime yeah, it's the government spending money, they spend exponentially more than what's necessary. Right. Well, think about this. You know they're not flying economy. That ain't happening. Okay. No. Bobby Portman and Senator no. Robert Menendez don't fly fucking economy. Okay. Yeah. So they're sitting in first class. It's probably chartered, obviously, right? It would be chartered. So like that's... if Bobby Portman can't shit on a 24 karat gold toilet, then Bobby Portman ain't taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what we're dealing with right now man yeah that that i can only imagine then the security detail that goes along with that alone i, I can only mm -hmm. imagine how much it costs the taxpayer you know and i don't know if you've noticed but gas isn't really cheap right now so fueling the bird to get over there in first class you know when they throw you like you know four pretzels in a in like a fucking uh, ziploc bag when you're sitting in coach you know what i mean a fucking lukewarm soda if you're lucky. But here you go. Here's your fucking dinner. Here's some you know? stale fucking pretzels. Now shut up and sit down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In that fucking disgusting ass tiny chair that's packed in there like a casket, right? You know, here's, here's your dinner. Oh, you thought you were this an international flight? Tell you what we did. We put four pretzels, not three in the bag because you know customer service and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I can only imagine what the dinner menu would be 
on that flight with the senators. Uh, I, I probably, you know, like carved roast beef. You know, they brought in a chef, you know, something real classy because those I'm telling you right now, they're not going to eat an air, regular airplane food, even if they oh, serve. Right. You know, they're going to have catered everything. There's chartered flight chef's kiss. Nothing but the best for uh, the represent the honorable representatives of New Jersey so and Ohio. The honorable representatives who do such a good job taking care of their constituents. Obviously, while and on by, their way to Taiwan. And by taking care of their constituents, I mean metaphorically fucking them in the ass with no lube. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I want to end this show, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into um, the you know obvious our sponsors. Here's a little comedy for you. This wasn't predicted, so we're going to get this in real time right here. I just, I couldn't help myself. So, <laughs> this it says, this way, Joe. Easter Bunny runs over to wave and interrupt Biden as he takes selfies with kids and starts discussing Afghanistan with crowd at the White House roll. <laughs> it was an Easter celebration, and Joe just fucks off and talks about Afghanistan to the kids. <laughs> I'm going to go on. I'm going to try not to laugh, okay? <laughs> a Biden press aide posted a picture of the Easter Bunny sitting at her desk on Monday morning, fueling speculation that that she was wearing the suit. In a video, uh, the president could be heard mentioning Pakistan and Afghanistan when the Easter Bunny hopped literally into the middle of the conversation. GOP operatives mocked the moment on Twitter after the video was posted. The Bidens held the first White House Easter egg roll in two years with the traditional springtime event previously called off due to the Rona. Joe Biden was in for a surprise when his comments to people at the White House Easter egg roll were interrupted on Monday by none other than the Easter Bunny itself. <laughs> Biden was filmed speaking with reporters and guests as the cheerful holiday went, event when he began discussing Afghanistan eight months after he presided over the U.S. military chaotic withdrawal from Kabul that ended 20 years. You imagine, like, yay, happy but, Easter. And then the, he's like, hey! Afghanistan. Like, the Easter Bunny comes in like, oh, hippity hoppity, I'm the Easter Bunny. Shut the fuck up, Joe. <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're fucking this up. <laughs> It's great. The president, 79, appears to be talking about Pakistan and Afghanistan when a person dressed as the Easter Bunny hops literally into their conversation. <laughs> Biden, Biden looks confused at first, then walks away as the bunny waves at him enthusiastically in a video captured by journalist Thomas C. Dillon. From another angle filmed further away, the person in the holiday suit is seen guiding the commander-in-chief to another location, breaking up the conversation. The Easter Bunny completely fucking derailed the dementia of the president. Like, hey, Joe, no, 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 not right now. Maybe it really was his wife. You know what I mean? Maybe it was Dr. Jill Biden in the suit. Right. Like, honey, just listen to my voice. It's me, okay? It's not a real quit rabbit. Talking, quit talking about fucking Pakistan with the kids. <laughs> Talk oh. about Easter and candy and Jesus, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not certain who the mysterious bunny was. But White okay. House Deputy Press Secretary Angela Perez posted an image of the costume-clad person sitting at her desk on Monday morning. Republican <laughs> operatives on Twitter mocked the silly moment. How bad does the White House staff have to think Biden is to calculate 
that sending in the Easter Bunny in capital letters to interrupt a gaggle is is better optics than whatever he was about to say on I Afghanistan. Card one, send in the fucking Easter Bunny, man. <laughs> send in the, the president's babbling about the Middle East to the children. Send in the Easter Bunny quick. <laughs> we can't make this up. <laughs> we can't make this up. Funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Woo, share. Okay. I'm gonna share the screen right now for those of you got use that are that are getting this. Where this is the video. Okay. Here we go. So there he is talking. Can I get some volume on this, man? Is there any way to get some volume on this bad boy? Let's see here. No, there's no way to get volume on. Look at this. <laughs> he looks so shocked and confused. Let's do it again. I can't stop watching this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> watch it again. Look at the bunny. The rabbit literally gets in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably walking away because he shit his pants. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Back over here. <laughs> this is amazing. The rabbit is literally guiding the president of the United States. <coughs> oh my God. This was great. It's like <laughs> commencing operation bunny hop. <laughs> Look at this. Like the rabbit is just about to intercept them right here in this picture. Look, the right. She's, I love how they called the rabbit it. And it's got the long lashes and everything. I mean, it's clearly a lady bunny. Are we, I mean, we're going to play games here with, with the gender <laughs> of the rabbit too. Like that's now we have to do that. Well, it could be a male Easter Bunny. Shut the fuck up. Stop listening. I don't need you then, really. This isn't, it's, those lashes tell me everything, okay? It's a trans rabbit, and you will respect its decision, okay? <laughs> Look at this. This one, I love this picture. You, guys, if you're if you getting the audio only, it's literally the Easter Bunny pointing the way to the President of the United States, like, this way, Joe. Look, go this way. <laughs> It's amazing in the costume, just the eyes, the costume, the president is just, this country is, this is an amazing time to be alive. <laughs> this was, I've had so much fun at this man's expense and the Easter rabbit. The, the, right, the, and we're know. only halfway through his term. Yeah, no, there is fun ahead. We may, I hope we have every Easter is like this. I hope the <laughs> next one is Santa Claus fucking telling Joe, hey, whoa. We got to go this way because, you know, there won't be a yeah. suit this time. Like, a, yeah. like you know, oh, a mask. Oh, oh, get the fuck over here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I just love this picture. <laughs> Look <laughs> on his face. Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, my God. Look at him. He's talking to people in the first frame. He's talking to people seriously. <clears throat> and then the next frame, he literally like like darts over and it's like. Why is there a giant rabbit talking to me? <laughs> it's visibly confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> In another angle, the president can be heard saying something about Pakistan and Afghanistan when the Easter Bunny interrupts him. <laughs> then Senator Josh Hawley's press secretary, Abigail Marone, wrote, Why is the Easter Bunny directing the president of the United <laughs> States? Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I um, I, I would, I, I don't president of our country. 
I don't vote, but I think I would probably vote for the Easter Bunny. Honestly, like she looks like she's in charge of like you know doing like she's like, hey, that, listen, I can I got the Easter I got Bunny control. means business. Clearly, I, lo- I just I love it. It's like that senile grandfather at at, at like the dinner. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, starts talking about shit. Like, hey, hey, the kids are about to open gifts. Can you stop talking about the war crimes you committed? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, Christopher, how's the uh, band coming along? Are we getting any closer to finishing the recording? Very close. Um, we've still got a little bit of work left. But we're almost... We're almost done recording the tracks. We've still got some mixing and mastering and possibly some touch-ups still to do left. But uh, we're, we can see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Outstanding. Outstanding. I, I personally can't wait for it. It's going to be an amazing event. Are you still looking to do a vinyl press? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm so excited for that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of vinyl, so... I'm a huge age, uh, Agents of Apathy fan, so I'm super stoked for it. So, uh, do you have anything else before we wrap up the show this week? Nope. Other, other than that, the Operation Bunny Hop was a success. <laughs> that made my day. It really did to see the the, the the Easter Bunny jump in and literally stop. Like, hey, Joe, <laughs> over there! <laughs> it was fucking amazing. You can't stop smiling about it. I'm going to be thinking about that all day. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's it for me as well. Um, I appreciate everybody, especially appreciate those of you that are watching on the bit shoot. I'm catching it up as we speak. Um, we did crack into, I think, episode 109. It takes a while to upload, especially since the episodes got a lot longer and the video quality. We're not sacrificing, you know, like, you know, we're not giving you garbage videos so that we can, you know, save money in space. We're trying to put a decent product out, so we're uploading it there. I, I do, dare I say, I think at some point in time, we'll probably just be exclusively on BitChute. The support on there we enjoy is actually like measurably better than what we get on YouTube. Like I said, it's just, there's a lot to select from, and then sometimes I feel like depending on the issue, the algorithm, how it pulls your, you know, you know I could either, you know, suppress your content or come promote it depending on what you're talking about or what you know the content is um i just you know we have a much more active audience in uh on on the bit shoot so i mean uh maybe at some point in time we'll just be doing content exclusively on bit shoot and then maybe release something once in a while on youtube but um you know i definitely like a free speech platform where everybody, including people I don't like it, to say whatever the fuck they want. So, I mean, it's it's definitely for a good cause, that's for sure. So, um, thank you for those that are catching up on there. And if you haven't subscribed, consider subscribing on there. It doesn't cost you anything. Just hit the button. Um, but um, I don't have anything else. So, I, at this opportunity, I would like to thank our sponsors. So, Ray Faba, Fine Art and Design from the Great Lakes. Team Mandalore, who keeps cycling extremely weird. Uh, I paint Akron. We're all accidents. Our happy accidents. And the premier sponsor, the used guys in pot, used guys in that podcast. Excuse me, is of course Nexus. Our friends, uh, Brandon and Dag. That awesome uh, website that has all a whole bunch of free resources. Some that if you if you're really into it, you could pay for. But it's definitely going to be worth your time and money. An excellent collection of like-minded individuals and businesses that you can pull from. So if you're looking to educate yourself or to buy certain products or get into eBooks or any of that. Please check out agorasnexus.com. 
Also, if you're looking to list there, all you have to do is drop Brandon an email through the contact and he could get you set up there. We were set up. It doesn't cost anything. It's just an opportunity for you to list whatever it is that you're doing with like-minded individuals. So if you got a product and you're passionate about it and you want to get involved, you want to get a little more exposure to, you know, I dare I say a niche audience, agorasnexus.com is the way to go. But ladies and gentlemen, Easter has passed. And while you sat in smelly, disgusting, dare I say stained underpants and trousers at your grandmother's Easter dinner, while everybody stared at you because you stunk like hell, because you didn't wash properly, because your dung ditch was possibly infected with something, maybe the coronavirus, we don't know. But just be reminded that while the weather here in northern Ohio is cold and dreary, your future doesn't have to have the same forecast. No, ladies and gentlemen, spring will be sprung soon. In fact, the temperatures this coming weekend in the northern Ohio Soviet are set to reach the high 70s and 80s. We all know what that means, especially for large individuals as myself. Fat folds, undercarriage, everything is going to get sweaty. It's going to get hot. And when that happens, stink will surely follow behind it. Don't be caught without a chair when the music stops, ladies and gentlemen. Please go to AkronApothecary.com and check out the products that my friend Todd has produced. Gay soap, very gay soap from Gay Hands. Crafted, hand-pressed, cold soap, gay soap from Gay Hands to your precious ass and undercarriage, your flat folds, under boob sweat. You know, you need to get in there. Neck beard territory, behind the ears, the taint, bollocks, everything. Get it nice and clean. Scrub it nice and clean. All natural ingredients as well. This is not a detergent soap, ladies and gentlemen. You're not washing with Tide. You're washing with Gay Soap. Gay Soap is here to help you feel nice and clean, but also to keep those disgusting chemicals that can harm your skin. The largest organ that you have, by the way, is your skin. And why not take care of it? With my friend Todd's Very Gay Soap from AkronApothecary.com. Hopefully with lots of selections of flavors for you. Again, I've been told that is the case. I haven't checked because I'm going to take him at his word. And I'm here to remind you that Todd's Gay Soap is most definitely... Soap for that ass. And sure it is. Please check out the Substack. I'm trying to work on some more shit. Subscribe. Use guys in that. Uh, across all platforms, use guys in that at gmail.com. I appreciate all the support of the sponsors and, of course, uh, those of you, the loyal listeners. And for those of you like um, Ray and Lexi and um, some others that I can't remember the top of my head that have sent articles this way, um, <laughs> by the way, you know who you are who sent me that fucking article uh, about the Dick Vane being taken out of the Snickers bar on the fake news page. I didn't even <laughs> listen. Hold on. Hold on. Let me grab my phone. So I just want to make sure that I get this right, <laughs> because I was so angry when I saw this, right? So I'm going to tell you right now who sent it to me. Um, <laughs> I can't remember off the top. Yeah, it was Riley. Riley sends me something from the fake, fake news network page. I didn't read fake news. I immediately saw Snickers bite size, and it says Snickers are officially caving and removing the world-renowned Dick Vane from the candy bar. <laughs> And I wrote, I wrote Riley, I said, God damn it. And then I said, oh, it's from the fake news network. Shit. I overreacted. I overreacted immediately. 
And um, I was a little bit worried about it, but thanks for sending that in, um, Riley. I really appreciate it. That made me laugh. At first, it made me irate, and then I, you know, did what any normal person would do was to actually check and see if it was just a joke because I took it as an immediate threat to <laughs> my existence. The dick vein. Removing the dick vein. I'm like, how fucking dare you remove the dick vein? So, right. Rest assured, at the time of this recording, the dick vein is still in the Snickers, which makes it even more delicious. Let's just be honest with each other, okay? There's nothing gay about it. Just enjoy yourself, please. Enjoy the Snickers dick vein. Delicious chocolate, nougat, caramel, and peanuts. Nothing and a dick gay vein. about that. No, nothing at all. That's, that's satisfying. And from what I understand, the dick vein satisfies the same. So enjoy that dick vein. Enjoy that chocolate deliciousness. And um, we'll catch you. Uh, we'll catch you in uh, the next installment. Um, I hope you guys are all right. Use guys in that gmail.com at useguyspod across all platforms. Thank you very much for the support. We will talk to you later. Peace. See ya.